I'm Savitra Wilson, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to my podcast, From Solid Ground to Resilient. Welcome back, y'all. So how are you guys? How are you doing? How is your spirit? Are you feeling light today? Are you feeling heavy? When people ask me how I'm feeling, I usually answer these questions in my head. Even if I say I'm fine, it's definitely a temperature check for me to say, wait, am I fine? Am I doing okay? I don't have any special guests for this episode, but if you haven't already, definitely go check out my latest episode uh, with real estate, future real estate, rising real estate mogul, Brandon Rule. We talked a lot about breaking into real estate as a novice investor, Um, talked a little bit about some of the projects he's working on, talked a little bit about what I'm investing in in real estate. And I am definitely a newbie, but have a few properties, uh, haven't lost any money. Uh, Properties have appreciated value, you know, so assistants are doing pretty well, I might say. Um, And before that, I had on my super talented sister friend, Amber Cabral, She's over working in the DNI space with her company. Um, I literally just used something she said about allies and advocates just this week. Uh, where it got back to me uh, from someone I had previously helped in a big way that I was disappointed that when opportunity came for them to help me, they didn't. And so in this instance, it was, wasn't was really anything he um, had to do, but just advocate. That's it. That's all really what was necessary. And so he sent me a note saying I didn't have to do what I had did for him. And he was willing to always help me. And see, this is where Amber explains the difference between an ally and an advocate. An ally in this instance was this person who 100% is for my existence and sends me congratulations on my achievements when I have them. But when given the opportunity to actually speak up on my behalf, Um, when they knew something I had worked for and deserved was on the table, they didn't say anything. See, my friends, that is the difference between an ally and an advocate. So I think it's so eloquently stated in Amber's book and the differences between someone who's an ally um, versus someone who advocates for someone or for a group of people and ensures they're not closed off for upward mobility or experiences or opportunity. And so if you're interested, you know, go copper book is on Amazon and it's available now. But, you know, such is life. So we'll move on quickly and uh, focus on those who advocate for us and even those who are our allies. Um, you know, a chapter in my book, Resilient, which hits bookstores in April. Yes, plugging the book. Uh, you can go order it now. I mean, like right now on Amazon, I talk about this idea that you can't be the king in your own land. It's actually a very biblical verse um, that talks about this. And I think in present time, it's kind of saying, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners feel that no one supports them from where they are from. Right. So it's like, man, I don't get any love. I go out here and there and there. People love me. But here nobody supports me. Um, an excerpt in my book, Resilient, um, which I'll, I'll probably release that excerpt at some point um, next week. I talk about this and I say, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs may experience this phenomenon where they don't feel supported where they are from. It's this idea that when people are too familiar with you, 
they're not as attracted to you as they would be to someone they are less familiar with. Let that sit in. The idea is that when people are too familiar with you, they're not as attracted to you as they would be to someone they are less familiar with. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. This is also perhaps why you see statements like, you know, people support strangers before they support those that they know. Shoot, even Jay-Z had a verse in his track, Boss, that said, rather work for the man than to work for me. Hmm. Nonetheless, what else is going on? Um, so if you follow me on Instagram, you know I've been getting these roses each day with an initial on the card. Um, as of this recording, we're at three initials, guys, just for those who are following. Um, I usually don't post stuff like this uh, to Instagram. And yes, but everybody was like, girl, you can, you can buy your own flowers. I buy my own flowers. I get flowers, all of that. Yes, your girl um, is well taken care of by all means. Um, but I didn't the first day because I thought it was by accident. I thought the person left off their name by accident. So I was like, okay, you know, if I post on Instagram, they'll shoot me a DM or something and be like, hey, you know, those followers were from me or they sent me a text if they knew me, whatever. Anyway, that did not happen. Um, But I got a ton of messages and DMs of people that were really interested in this secret admirer. And so the funny part is there was no in-between in the messages that I received from people. Some people was like, oh, I'm a hopeless romantic. I love this. I love that someone's sending you secret flowers. And others was like, no, sis, run. It's an ex-boo. Or is somebody crazy? There was literally no in-between. Then I received the third letter and I was like, oh, Lord, you already know. I think these flowers are apology flowers. Oh no. <laughs> and not from anyone I had a relationship with, which I know most people are immediately going to be like, oh, it's relationship. Um, but it wasn't. It was actually someone I had a close friendship with. Um, I believe it's this person as they've been trying to reach me via several different immediate friends for probably the past two to three years. Um, in a recent post, I talked about Malcolm and Marie. And this isn't even a spoiler alert, so you can continue to listen. Um, I know some of you are watching it um, a little bit at a time. Some of you aren't watching it at all, but Malcolm Marie is currently playing on Netflix. Um, Anyway, the movie follows this couple. You guessed it, Malcolm and Marie. The film is about their relationship, which many define as toxic, which would be probably a good way to define the film. Um, but regardless of what you felt about it, um, I don't think you can watch the film without a self-check and without thinking about how you showed up in relationships over the course of your life, right? At least for me, at least. Um, it made me think about a lot of things, but mostly it made me ask my self a question. And that was, what's my toxic trait? To know me is to know that I'm fiercely loyal. So if I feel you have wronged me, child, oh, I'm talking about really wronged me. I'll cut you off in a minute. I know it's it's not the best, right? Um, I'm not talking about a pick up the phone, tell you my feelings. No, I'm talking about removing all access immediately, never looking back. And to be honest, most times without even a question, right? So 
I'm not talking about on some bitter, revengeful type stuff either. I'm I'm fine with never mentioning a person's name again. And some of you actually responded that that wasn't toxic behavior, but instead I was actually protecting my peace. Yeah, that's that's true too. But I argue there might be a little bit of toxicity in cutting someone off so drastically with no mention, no discussion, no follow up. Um, you may have been just talking an hour ago, and then boom, you never hear from a person again. That yeah, that's that's me. So I also said God is still working on me, which He is. He is still working on me, and I am working on my toxic cutoff trait. So you could imagine when I get these flowers and I think I know who it was from, I go back to this toxic trait where I'm like, I'm not communicating with this person. Nope. I don't care if they send me 12, two dozen roses. I'm not calling them. Won't happen. And my friends are like, see, this is God testing you. This is God testing you in this toxic trait. Maybe it is time for you to just hear this person out and see their reasonings for doing what they did to you. And maybe you can get beyond it. And maybe it isn't for you guys to rebuild your relationship, but maybe it's just so that you can um, give this person closure. But is it really for us to give other people closure? I don't know. That might be something for another conversation. Anyway, let's talk about business. I haven't talked about business at all on this um, episode. And you might be saying, Savitra, is this a personal journal or are you dropping the business gems? Because we need to get this back. And I'm always on 100 when it comes to business like day in and day out, almost every waking day, waking hour of my day. So yeah, this week I had my board meeting. If you are a venture-backed founder, so someone who has raised several million dollars in capital, then 10 times out of 10, you have a board you have to report to. Yep, this is the other side of raising capital. Um, People just say, hey, I need raise some money for this idea or I need to raise money for my business and my startup, it comes with some other stuff with it. And one of those things is that you have to report to this board. And on that board, you have investors who have put money into your company. For me, um, I have investors who have invested now millions of dollars into my company and um, I have to report to them. And that's how it works. So Those who have followed my journey from bootstrapping a company to now raising capital for um, my second company, you know, I have a lot of uh, mixed opinions based on should you bootstrap or should you raise capital. I am of the belief that if you can um, bootstrap your company without taking on outside capital, then I would say do that. Um, you don't have to report to a board. You don't have to uh, reply to investor emails about all types of different things. Um, you have 100% ownership in your business. And so most people would think that now that I've raised um, basically $11 million in venture capital, that I am pro venture capital um, and pro like raising capital uh, for your business, but not really. It's a necessary evil um, and I say not evil because it can actually not be an evil. It could be a really good thing, but you're giving a part of your company away. So there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. So just know that you will have to report to a board. And this week was my board meeting. Um, I usually prep for a week ahead of my board meetings, uh, preparing documents such as my board deck, financials, and anything else I believe might be helpful for the board to review. 
our board meetings happen quarterly and last about two hours, to be exact, two hours. Um, if you feel that it would be helpful for me to share my board agenda or a sample of my board deck, just ping me, DM me. If enough people do it, I will share it. I share a lot of other um, documents and some of my uh, materials on my website, SavitraWilson.com, where you can download those for free. So like my pitch deck um, for my startups, everything to my capability statement for SGI. Um, the company that I bootstrap is all there on my website and I'm actually relaunching my website next week, I believe. So if you're listening to this, my website might be launched or it might be on its way to being launched, the new one at least. So for this board meeting is Q1 is broken down essentially into the summary board meeting minutes from Q4 2020, getting those approved. Um, a Q4 2020 retro and company overview of where we are today, review of financials, board approvals. Um, then I brought on my new senior VP of revenue, who I'm super excited about, and my CTO to give their reports. Um, from there, we discussed 2021 planning and budget approval, along with our hiring plan for the year, and we close it out. Um, some founders board meetings may last for three hours, but I found if you show up prepared, if you send docs out at least three days in advance, you can fit everything within two hours, including Q&A. And I think this is particularly true virtually and via Zoom. And um, it just runs accordingly and smoothly. Uh, we rarely run over our board meeting time. And if so, have never run over by more than 10 minutes. Um, additionally, I have one board member cadence between quarterly board meetings. So this meeting um, happened in February. So my Q1 board meeting, and I'll probably have one-on-ones with each of my board members in March between Q1 and Q2, which Q2 is slated for May. We have really aggressive goals this year that if we accomplish them, we will see our growth up by 300% from last year and where we want to see growth the most is in enterprise sales. Um, Ash presented our revenue strategy for enterprise, which was made of four key components, um, which makes up kind of our go-to-market strategy plan for enterprise sales. Um, the first is demand generation with the focus on conversion rates and other activities such as co-authoring content, events, uh, campaign launch, um, secondly, a focus on sales enablement and pipeline building. Uh, here we pointed to our enterprise motion of high ACV deals, and that's just annual contract value um, and a mid-market motion we'd be putting into play as well. And so high market, that's where our six and seven figure ARR accounts, so annual recurring revenue um, these are those type of accounts, whereas mid-market is where we target 20 to 30K annual recurring accounts. So previously, we never really had a focus on mid-market activity, but we're actually in the process of hiring someone right now to lead mid-market sales. So, hey, if that's you, if you a salesperson, we have a couple jobs out here um, looking to hire some dynamic salespeople in enterprise and mid-market sales. So, Go visit us on LinkedIn, Rizolia, and send us a note. Um, three, we want to focus on opportunity closures and ARR for our large figure deals. So this is those six to seven figure deals where the sales cycle of, is six to nine months. Um, hey, this is enterprise as six to nine months for a sales cycle is, you know, pretty standard. 
Um, whereas mid-market, the sales cycle is only two to three months. We set a goal of 25% opportunity closure conversion rate. And then four, we discussed our renewal and expansion of ARR. So this is landing expanding accounts and ensuring our customers are happy and don't churn out, but actually grow in revenue opportunity. Um, so I used a lot of jargon there, ARR, annual recurring revenue, ACV, annual contract contract value. But hopefully you all were able to, to follow me. So needless to say, I'm stoked about having um, a senior VP of revenue on uh, to actually lead the build out of a true sales team. For the first time, y'all, we're going to have a real sales team. Let me tell you. I'm a natural seller myself, and I believe myself to be a great recruiter, especially for senior leadership with a, a few hiccups along the way. Yeah, we has a few hiccups along the way, but apparently I suck at hiring mid-level salespeople. Know your strengths, people. You have to just know your strengths and hire people to do what they're strong at. Um, we call that balance. Uh, so 2021, if executed accordingly, should be a pretty transformative year for us. Uh, so if you want to send some well wishes on transformative success for us, I'm accepting them. Good vibes and well wishes only. I'm also interested to know what other things you want me to discuss as it relates to scaling a company. I do a lot of this um, in my book, Resilient, but it's from like the start of my journey. So it, I take you like all the way back <laughs> to being just told no left and right to trying to raise a couple hundred thousand dollars to um, feeling defeated and discarded. You name it. That Resilient, the book, it tells you about all of that. Um, with this podcast, I want it to be more about me actually talking about the journey of building a company. I mean, just talking about um, my everyday path and just trying to create wealth and me trying to learn along the way and really just be insightful and genuine and honest. So yeah, you know, I wasn't planning to make this a long episode. Um, I will have a very special guest. I always have very special guests because all my friends, colleagues, and people I admire and inspire me from afar are special. We all are in our own way. And so hopefully you guys are enjoying these episodes and that you stay tuned for future episodes. Um, I'm always also interested in who I should be talking to and topics I should be talking about. So feel free to shoot me a message. You, you can shoot me a DM. You can um, shoot me an email via my website at savitrawilson.com. I definitely read them all. So let me know your thoughts. And until our next episode, have a great one. Thanks for listening to From Solid Ground to Resilient with me, your host, Savitra Wilson. If you like this show, subscribe, listen, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This helps us reach more people like yourselves, risk takers, entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, and the likes. Also, be sure to visit SavitraWilson.com and sign up for my newsletter. There you can download everything from my actual pricing sheets to pitch decks, capability statements, and more. All to help you get your entrepreneur wheels turning and your business growing. To learn more about my show and listen to all my podcast episodes, go to abfc.co backslash shows. 
Until next time, remember, even if no one sees it for you, you have to see it for yourself. Let your work be a testament to your grit, gratitude, passion, persistence, and most importantly, resiliency. Thank you.